This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Age Changer Show. And again, you can see that I'm doing a solo episode. My friend and my wife and life partner is not here with me. She is uh, doing grandma duties uh, with our new granddaughter, uh, Savannah Rosalind. Uh, it is the mission of Summit Life Ministry to elevate the vision of the church, that we see our identity in Christ through the framework of God's eternal purpose. It is also our desire to equip God's people then to live out of that eternal purpose with an eternal perspective, that we look past the mundane and the ordinary, the temporary, and we live for, not for time, but we live for eternity. And the last one is we want to encourage and empower believers, uh, followers of Jesus, to passionately live their lives in a supernatural way. We want to live in a supernatural lifestyle that is based out of the reality of faith, of faith that Jesus is authored in us, but also developing and finishing, bringing it to a place of completion in our life. And so we're living outside the box. We're living, uh, getting out of the boat as we activate activate our faith uh, in an arena of obedience because we want to be pleasing to the Lord. Well, we've been on a series called Developing a, a Hearing Heart or Having a Heart that has the capability of hearing. And more specifically, in the last few episodes, we've talked about an enemy that uh, we can have within us that competes uh, for our, our, our heart's attention, that competes for the attention span of our heart. So it competes alongside the voice of God. And that is that we can have a noisy soul we can have a discontented soul. We can have a soul that is loud and noisy. And so I want to ask this question today in this episode. What is the decibel level of your soul? Now, we just finished the year 2020, and we've talked about it at length of how that there were some surprises last year that came our way. And I watched a number of believers. You could see the of their heart go from inside to outside as they simply reacted emotionally uh, to unplanned things and changes that happened in rapid succession. And, and you could see uh, souls that were at rest and those that were burdened and carrying uh, yokes of fear uh, so that when fearful things were transpiring outside, the manifestation of the fear they carried inside came out. And so you can camouflage and you can, you can wear artificial masks, but one day, circumstances in the mercy of God, God will allow circumstances to come your way that will cause you to be unmasked. The state of your soul there will be a moment of show and tell. And so we have talked about how Psalms 31 is a 
show and tell psalm of David. And David serves us, serves the people of God by exposing his soul life, sharing where his soul had been, but a process that God had brought him through to bring his soul to a place of quiet, a place of calm, a place of rest, and a place of contentment. And that's where we want to land today. I want to talk about how that when we learn to humble ourselves, there is a fruit and effect of humility. And one of the fruits of humility is a quietness that comes to our soul. The noise level, the decibel level of our soul starts to decreasing. But then there is, and the reason why is there is a contentment that we find in God. And when there is a contentment that we find in God, you're going to find that there is this life-giving hope that begins to possess you. Uncontented people, people that are striving uh, to compete with God in how God is governing his kingdom, and those that are striving with God, those that are competing with God, those that are making demands upon God presumptuously to inform them of why he's doing what he's doing. That's a soul that is an arrogant soul, an arrogant heart that is demanding its own way. And, and it only leads to confusion and complexity in your life. And you will find that that, discon, that, that arrogant soul that is discontented uh, in their relationship with God or, or why God is not doing things the way they want them done is a soul then that becomes a soul that becomes listless and hopeless because you thought that you could control everything. Your fear demanded that you compete with God in how he was governing and managing your life. And when you find that there will be times in your life and circumstances in your life that are too large for you to control, it will lead to moments of disillusionment because your illusion that you're in control and that you and God have this mutual power sharing agreement, when you find that God is not gonna share his power with you, He's not going to share his governing with you. No, you, you need to yield to his processes, humble yourself, lower your gaze, because David said, I've not raised my eyes too high. When you learn to, to set your eyes on things that are appropriate to you, not lifting up your heart, not lifting up your soul to say, God, let me counsel you and give you my insight of where you're falling short as God and how you're governing and shaping my life. When you release that control, then there is a rest that comes to you. False yokes come off of you. Release comes to you. And then as contentment and humility, you, you engage humility, but then the fruit of humility begins to reign in your life through contentment then there is this hope that comes as you learn to trust God, that you know that God does everything well and that he makes everything beautiful in its time. Now I'm gonna go back to this text in Psalms 131. 
he says this, and I'm going to focus on verse two and three, because that's where we're going to focus on today. He said, I have learned to calm and quiet my soul like a weaned child from its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. What David had weaned himself from, what he had what he'd weaned his soul off of was this need to know everything, this need to be preoccupied with, with things that are in the purview of God. And so I, I told you that I can tell when my soul begins to get out of control myself is, is I can tell by the questions that I'm asking God in my conversations with him. Now, I want to read something that a brother wrote in his commentary on Psalms 131. And his name is Sinclair Ferguson, who wrote a commentary on this chapter. He said that contentment is the fruit of a mindset. So what is the mindset? The mindset of humility. That I'm going to I'm going to see things, I'm going to see reality the way God sees them. And here is the mindset. Very simple mindset. God is God and I am not him. God is God and you are not him. And so when I accept that God is God, that God is sovereign, and that out of that sovereignty, there is this reliability of his character because the beauty of God consists of many things, but I like to express it in this simplistic way. The beauty of God, the beauty of God's nature and character is that God is infinitely good, God is infinitely faithful and God is infinitely great. And if I could break those down in simplicity, that there is never an evil intention that God has toward you as one of his kids. So no matter what it looks like, no matter what the, what, what the devil is attempting to do, God is not saying, well, you know, I'm just kind of fed up with your immaturity. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna allow some bad things to happen to you because because you need to be humble. No, even though God may permit things that may be difficult in our life, His motivation isn't a sinister motivation. There's never an evil intention. It's because He sees that we need something to develop us and mature us to make us more like Him. So God is infinitely good. Therefore, the result of everything in my life and the outcome, if I'm not resistive to his processes and his development that he is trying to work within me to mature me, the outcome is going to be good. It's going to be beneficial to my life. The second thing that I said is that, that God is faithful. He's never going to let us down. He is never going to abandon. He's never going to forsake. Even through the greatest storm in our life, God is always walking alongside of us. Because he said, I will never leave you or abandon you. I will never orphan you. I know many people that have been abandoned by their parents. And I've listened to to how that traumatized them as a child when a dad walked out or 
when a parent walked out and, and just the scar that left in them emotionally. Well, I want you to know God n never, ever, ever orphans his children. So we can, we can rely consistently on his faithfulness. And the word faithful is two words that are conjoined together. God is full of faith in regards to what he believes that he can and will do in and through you to accomplish his will. He that has begun a good work will perfect it and perform it, even if it requires the very last moment of the very last day in human history. God can bring it to pass. Here's another even greater truth. Paul said this. He said, even when I am faithless, when I am unfaithful, when, when I'm struggling to believe that God can do in me what he has promised to do, he remains faithful. God, God says, no, you may have given up that I could do it in and through you. You may have given up on yourself and my ability to be able to perfect and perform my will and my work in you, but I, I have not given up on you. I will perform it. Whatever my word was sent to do in your life, it will not come back uh, uh, saying, I was not able to be employed to do what you uh, were going to do in them. He will accomplish what he sent it to do. The last one is, is that God is great. God is well able. I love that, well able not just somewhat capable, but he is well able. He's the God who is the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough, and that when he brings his might and the all-surpassing greatness of his power to, to bear, watch out, because no one can stand in the way of the way maker. He is the breaker that goes before us, that breaks open the way. And so, Sometimes when I, I have this, this, this presumptuous soul that becomes preoccupied with how God is doing it and I'm second guessing God and I'm trying to, to give him hints to inform him of why I think he should do it this way. I need to develop a mindset of humility and that is that I see myself in relationship to the greatness and the glory and the power and the goodness of God, and I go, God, you got this. I'm not God, and I don't have to be. And so I relinquish the control to you, and I say, God, I surrender to your sovereignty in my life. The result of that mindset is you renew your mind, and you, you stop being God's counselor or competitor. What that does in our life, it so frees us to have a contented heart. And, and this is what Sinclair Ferguson went on to say. He said, contentment is the fruit of a mindset that understands its own limitations to comprehend. David had come to grips with the limitations of his mind, the limitations of his being. David did not allow himself to become preoccupied with what God was not pleased to give him nor did he allow his mind to become fixated on things that God had not been pleased to explain to him. Such a preoccupation suffocates our contentment. 
so that when I am preoccupied with the circumstances surrounding my future or my broken past or maybe the turbulence of my presence, really, when I I am unwilling to be content in every day of my life, I am demanding an equality with God. God, you need to let me know what you're doing or I need to tell you what you need to do. I'm demanding an equality with God. And so it leads to discontentment, which I've always said this, if you've had an illusion, you will become disillusioned. And, and, and no one can become disillusioned, another way of saying it, unless you've had an illusion to begin with. So many people have this illusion that they can control their life, that they can chart their own course, that they can be the master of their own destiny. But when we relinquish control and rest in the promise of his provision for us and the security that we have in such a safe savior, all these false yokes and the pressure to perform that I have on myself begin to, the load is, I become unburdened from the load and it becomes lightened. And I begin to take upon myself the yoke of the Lord. And we know what that is. It's an easy yoke. And his burden is light because he can bear the weight of anything that you're walking through. Now, I'm going to read you a quote from one of my favorite uh, preachers, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, who many of you know was a, a, a preacher in the last half of the 19th century, 1800s. And uh, he was just a tremendous articulator of truth. But he said this about our contentment and then our happiness. He said, happily for us, our happiness does not depend upon our understanding of the providence or the sovereignty of God. How God is going to do something, the way he's going to do it, and when he's going to do it. That's, that, that is under the umbrella of the providence of God. So he said, happily for us, our happiness does not depend upon our understanding of everything in the heart and mind of God under the providence and the purview of God. We are able to believe where we are not able to explain. That's the beauty of faith. I'm able to believe in things that I don't understand or cannot fully comprehend. I can just say, God, you've shown me enough of your goodness. You've shown me enough of your faithfulness. I've seen enough of your intervening grace and your power in my life that I I just can rest, even though I don't understand what I'm going through and I don't understand how you're gonna work it out. But God, my happiness and my contentment is not based upon my ability to figure it out. I can believe you where I'm not able to explain. And, and, and we are content to leave a thousand mysteries unsolved rather to tolerate a single doubt as to the wisdom and the goodness of our Heavenly Father. I love that. I'm gonna read it again. When, when we enter into a realm of, of wholehearted trust and reliance upon God in these moments of mystery in our life, he said, he said, we can, we can just leave to him a thousand unsolved mysteries. All those questions of why or how long, God. How long, oh Lord? We can just release, uh, 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 you know, cause these unresolved mysteries to remain a mystery to us 
But it, it's better for us just to surrender to his providence than to tolerate a single doubt. To say, I don't think God can do it this time. Even though he's done it a hundred times before, surely he's going to abandon me this time. Surely he's going to forsake me this time. No, let's not tolerate a single doubt, even though there are unresolved mysteries in regards to our walk with him. He says, it is not good for us to be puzzled and so be forced to exercise our faith. Would it be well for us to have all things so ordered that we ourselves could see the reason for every season? You know, he poses a question here and he said, do you really want a life where, where nothing is a mystery? Where you no longer have to walk by faith? Where you no longer have to rely and trust on God? Would, would you really want God just to let you know every single thing, no matter what it is? No, I'm glad that sometimes God has hidden things from me to protect me from things that are too big for me because I couldn't have handled them because I couldn't have handled what he knew in his foreknowledge. No, we would not want to live that way. It says, the scheme of divine love be indeed supremely and infinitely wise if we could measure it with our short line of reasoning. Would, would I want to deceive myself to think that my mind knows everything about the infinite divine love of God? Then I go, I know everything there is about, uh, to know everything there is about love, God's love. Now, I'm glad that there are many aspects of mystery and, and there are uh, things that cause me every day to awaken with a spiritual hunger and a desire to say, God, you've only shown me in part and I've only known in part, but what you have shown me has awakened a desire in me to fathom even greater depths. So he said this in finishing he said, it is well to be cast out of our depth and made to swim in the sweet waters of his unfathomable love. His love can be relied upon. His faith is effective to work in me, his will and the ability to do his good pleasure. I don't understand all that God, how God does it and when God is gonna do it. But I do know that in God's good time, it's going to be worked out for good and we will see the manifestation of his glory. Jesus said to those that were his friends who had experienced the loss of a brother in the death of Lazarus, he said, and to his disciples, he said, if you will believe, if you'll continue to trust me, even though you don't understand the timing that has surrounded uh, Lazarus' sickness and his death. If you will simply believe, you will see the glory of God. I'm content today that I know that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I thank God that 2021, with all of its uncertainty and all of its ups and downs, God will still be good and remain faithful and we will see his power and glory in our life. 
I love you guys. I hope this has encouraged you, but I also hope that it's provoked you to release off of you uh, the weights that we sometimes carry upon ourselves, that God wants us to roll those cares, worries, and anxieties over to him. Love you guys. We'll see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.